Growing your business is tough, but don't worry, we've got you covered. We interview industry experts on how they've solved their most challenging business problems in SaaS or e-commerce. No fluff, just step-by-step playbooks to help you dominate your market and crush the competition. This is the How We Solve podcast. Here's your host. Hey, it's GQ here. Thanks for listening to the How We Solve podcast. Today I have with me Derek Haney, who is the host of the Future of E-Commerce podcast and the chief e-commerce technologist at ecommercetech.io, where e-commerce stores go to research, discover, and buy the right tools to grow their store. Derek, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. We were just chatting a little bit before, and I think today we're going to be diving into, like to say, a field that I'm super excited to talk about, and that is live chat, because obviously I'm from the customer service side of things as well. But before we dive into that meaty bit, I'd love to hear more about what e-commerce tech.io is about, just so our listeners get a good idea. Yeah, it all stemmed from this problem I was having when I was a merchant. I was looking at tech tools and I was trying to figure out which ones, you know, what's right for us. Should we, what CRM, what email service, what SMS provider? And it was a battle. I was in charge of marketing at a, at a really fast growing mid-level beauty box subscription company. that, And I found not just that I didn't know a lot about the tools, but I also had to get a lot of buy-in from other departments for these tools. I had to work with operational departments and outside agencies and and get my executive board to basically buy these things. It became a really laborious process. And then on the flip side, I actually found we were paying thousands of dollars a month to tools we weren't even using anymore. So that was when I knew that merchants in general and businesses in general weren't really taking their tech tool stack very seriously. And so at ecommercetech.io, we decided to try and demystify the e-commerce technology landscape as well as provide a framework for how to really start taking technology tools seriously. E-commerce is literally, you have to have tools for your business. You know, the platform, you're going to need channel tools, you're going to need analytics tools. We think about the tools like usually a little too late as afterthoughts and all that stuff. And and stuff. So I said, look, I'm going to dive into this. I'm going to figure out the best process for vetting tools, for discovering tools, for staying up to date on the landscape, for getting buy-in from the team and all that stuff. And so I've been compiling that on the website. We have product listings there, apps that we've reviewed ourselves. We have eBooks. We have the largest library of eBooks in e-commerce in the world. We are also launching soon events. So we'll have the largest directory of events. It's just a place where like you can go to research different tools, but bring a third party perspective to it. Because if you go to like a Shopify app store or something like that, that's what the brand, that's what the tech company wants to say about their tool. We say what we think about the tool and we say what we think is important about the tool. We don't let them modify our chat. We make sure we're compliant. Let's say we, we don't let them say anything on the listing. We extract it from them. We do a demo of each one of these tools to figure out like, what do they actually do? What's their secret sauce? And by the way, just off topic a little bit, I'll tell you, every tech company tells me that what makes them most special is that they have stellar customer service. Just kind of off topic, but I swear every single one. I've had two competitors back to back say that they have better customer service than the other guys. Literally, like I'm in one call and I'm in the other. So everyone really thinks their customer service is amazing until they realize that it's at least average. Like amazing is just average at this point is the best way to say it. And everyone kind of buries the lead on what really makes them spectacular. 
And all of these apps, I personally believe I come from a market economics kind of background with my, my business management economics degree. And I just love studying markets and how they emerge and transform. And everybody has value prop. They have a real reason to exist in the market. You know, they're competing and they're coming at it from some angle. And oftentimes when you or me are looking at the two websites, like you could swap the logos and it'd be the same product. Right? So they're usually not portraying this to us, I think, as clearly as they could be. And, and so that's that's what we do. We try and could portray it as clearly as humanly possible. And at the end of the day, some of the tools are basically the same. There's very little to, to tell between them. But usually you find one or two key differentiators and you go, oh, if you're integrated, you need to integrate with these five things, go over here. You need to integrate with those four things, go over here. So this is the go-to resource. If you're running an e-commerce store today and you're having troubles figuring out, you should go to ecommercetech.io to definitely check that out. And actually, not really off topic, but you mentioned about Stella customer service. Out of curiosity, do these software companies also run live chat on their sites? Yeah, I think the good ones are realizing that live chat is valuable to them. It's actually more valuable in SaaS than it is in e-commerce because of the lifetime value of the customer. Essentially, it's nothing to do with anything else except that SaaS typically has higher margins and higher lifetime value. So if you can increase conversion rate in SaaS, it'll make you more revenue than if you increase conversion rate in e-commerce. So they're getting there. And I think the real good ones in B2B, you can do this a little bit more than in B2C, and I'm sure we'll get into it. But they're starting to also do things like predict what company you are in the opening chat line based on your IP address or other information, or maybe you've logged in before or you started a trial. And it's so they start to cater business to business to you in really unique ways. And if you're listening to this and you are B2B e-commerce, you can absolutely do that. I know some companies in the industrial, you know, like sales oriented selling where they're trying to book consults and stuff. And it's a little bit less about online transactions, let's say they can absolutely do really fascinating things with live chat for predicting the vertical, predicting the individual, and of course, like predicting the need based on the pages they view and things like that as well. So you're, you're the e-commerce expert here. And now on the topic of live chat, well, you said, so it works better for SaaS, but do you think live chat itself, and this is the topic that we're talking about today, does live chat work for e-commerce and generating more sales? or even just customer service. So I'll tell you when it doesn't work. A few times when it doesn't work, it doesn't work if you don't have a working business. If your cost of acquisition is higher than your lifetime value, probably work on some of the key metrics first before adding live chat. It also won't work for people who haven't scaled to a point where they can kind of hire or outsource for this. Yes, you can as a solo founder, be the live chat response expert for your own site, but it's going to be a lot better if you know you can hire this or you can have an outsourced agency that takes it off your plate because running an e-commerce store is all you're already too busy. I mean, it's spinning plates all day long, right? Spinning plates and putting out fires. And you could argue that by adding live chat to your site, you kind of add a fire. I would rather say, you know, we add an opportunity and as long as we handle it well, it's it's going to be not a fire. It's going to it's going to be revenue. It's is what it's going to be at the end of the day. And then the the most important moment for established businesses that can't implement live chat usually live chat will increase your conversion rate by more than it will cost to manage. But there are some exceptions with really low average order value 
or sites with extremely slim margins. So if you are literally just marking a product up $2 in drop shipping and relying on like free influencer press or SEO, then yeah, like it, it can really mess with your margins. And, and especially for those pass-through businesses that I like to call of, of the pass era of e-commerce, it's not going to work nearly as well. And it could be, it could be the difference between plus 5% and minus 1% in your business. But for any strong growing digitally native vertical brand cares about the customers wants repeat purchases loyalty retention lifetime value cares about those metrics it will typically create more space in meaning create more profit than the cost that it's adding to the business i definitely agree with that as well because we well so ltv plus we do see similarities in what you've mentioned and so it's really finding that sweet spot and actually that's going to be the next part that, I, that i'm really curious to hear about as well and Two sides, right? Let's say a brand already has live chat. What are some of the best practices there? And for brands who don't have live chat, who are on the fence, right? They want to start this new fire, as you call it, as, as you like to say. What are those steps? What would that look like for them to make the best out of live chat? This is the big thing. This is the whole shebang. So in order to talk about this, it's we got to really unpack it. The first thing we kind of hinted at earlier with live chat is that you don't have the time as a solo founder. Absolute goal of installing live chat would be to get to a, a point of 24-7 real-time customer service, meaning you're responding in less than 90 seconds and you, people can chime in at any point in time because your website is always on. So if your business is open, you should be responding to live chat, right? On the flip side, we know from a study that we did that if you are using live chat and not responding in real time, but instead requesting an email address and then following up later via email, we know that that actually decreases conversion rate. So this is a way that you can do it wrong. So if you cannot do 24-7 live chat, which a lot of people will roll this out in stages where they don't do 24-7 right away, uh, which is totally fine, but you just make sure you know what your goal is to get to 24-7. So if, if you can't do it, you should then be turning off the live chat widget from your site when you're not online, when you cannot respond in under 90 seconds. So to do it right, you've got to have under 90 second response time. That would be the first thing I would say. And then the second thing is you need sales reps manning the chat. They can't just be customer service agents. They need to really be sales agents. You know, the difference between somebody that knows how to refund a package or cancel a subscription or redeem loyalty points for you or help create a coupon code that is very different than the person who can walk you through the process wearing eyeliner or, you know, what lashes are going to look good on me, what eyeglasses are going to be the best for me and stuff like that, right? So flipping from a customer service agent and your eight customer service agents can absolutely learn how to be sales agents, but making sure that you give them the right script, the right mentality and the right incentives for them to be selling product instead of closing tickets, right? Because on the customer service side, you always find people that are rushing to close the ticket so that, and that's what they get paid for. On the sales side, you want to close the sale. And so that should be what they're rewarded for. I think with those two things, you're largely in place for foundation of success with live chat. With live chat, I think one of the most common friction points, if you will, or some of the hesitations that people might have or doubts would be like, okay, so we open up the floodgates, if you will, of live chat, right? And so now you have your team there, you, you prepped for it on the first day. And now in order to accommodate that many conversations that come through, you know, some agents are taking anywhere between three to like eight chats concurrently, right? Obviously, personalization, I think, works best always. But do you think following a specific sales script 
you know, as they go through the conversations, do you think that would be helpful for teams that are just starting out on live chat? I don't like the idea of saying specific sales script, but what you definitely want is forms of automation and bot interactions that can help mitigate those tickets up front. So if they have really basic inquiries, a sizing question, shipping question, a pricing question, then you can set up automated responses that tackle those with very little need for a customer service or sales agent to come into play. That being said, my favorite thing to do is have the automated response and then your agent goes on afterwards and says, hi, this is John. I'd also like to let you know about a sale going on over here. Or were you able to find those eyeglasses that you were looking for? I'm here in case you need me. So so I want to do more on top of the base automation. I want to engage on top of it because we have found in studies that if you the longer the conversation, the more likely they are to convert. And it goes it goes up quite a bit. Now it can't be random dribble that you're you're talking to them about, but like how was your day? Great. It does not count. If it's around the product, it's around solving the problem. Problem, that's building trust, which is going to lead to a higher conversion rate. And then, of course, there's a correlation component. If they're on the site and chatting with you, they're they're natural. They're still there. They're more likely to buy. But there's causal data for this as well. So engaging with them on top of it, having the bot mitigate, and then engaging them on top is absolutely part of that starting strategy to mitigate a lot of tickets, but you can start without it. That's why I didn't include it. Maybe those first two things is because you, you can start without it and build the, the bot responses as you go. Cause you're taking in data like you don't have data. The live chat responses will be significantly different than email inquiries. There'll be overlap, but there's there's going to be things that you weren't expecting to happen to you in real time. And uh, they're time sensitive a lot of times. So you want to build that repository as you go, study the data, separate that data from your other inquiries, and then have those chat responses ready or have your canned sales responses ready as well. We talked a little bit about automation and bots. And so one of the things that we are pretty keen on doing well. And I think we've seen select, well, I'd say we, we've seen some degree of success with businesses who, who do more of proactive live chat. So I'm curious to find out what have you seen? Like, you know, because some brands or some, some customers or shoppers don't really appreciate you popping up and saying, Hey, let me know if you have any questions on screen. Right. You know, but some people do appreciate it. Like for example, you're browsing a couple of products and someone were to come in and say, Hey, I noticed that you were checking out product X. Is there something that I can help you with? Or like, you know, have you checked out why? So like different ways of triggering based on the shopper's behavior on their site, right? Do you think that's good? Do you think that has limited success? What are your thoughts around that? First of all, by aggregate, when done right, people will like that there's an opportunity for a live chat. Certainly somebody won't like it. And I technically somebody could be pissed off and leave the site. That's the same thing about a pop-up. Some people swear that they're never going to use a pop-up, but all of the data shows that pop-ups increase conversion rate, increase revenue, increase lifetime value, increase average order. Like they, they increase all the metrics we care about. So by and large, pop-ups are good for a website. Now, a pop-up that appears every time you load the page for the, like, so as soon as the page loads and has no X in the corner or is broken on mobile, that is a bad experience. The same thing in live chat. If the, hi, I see you're browsing this site and I'm here to help, comes up on every page of the site and it's the same canned response and I hit the X and then the next page it has the same canned response, that would be a bad user experience. So how you execute on it is absolutely very important. Let's talk a little bit about high value segments here. We'll start at the bottom of the funnel and work our way up. You don't need live chat on every page of your site when you begin. 
Now, if you can, the checkout pages are obviously the most valuable, but you don't want to interfere with the checkout experience. You want to complement the checkout experience, which means if they get stuck on a page for maybe about two minutes is what we find, you might have better data than me, then you should have the live chat pop up. You should say, hey, are you having problems with the checkout process? You know, maybe they're stuck on a, a lot of times when it comes to checkout, they're either getting their credit card information, they don't have their own information on hand, which you can't help that much with, or they're really concerned with some form of pricing. Is my discount included? I didn't see my discount here. And so if you have a person confirm that this is the best discount they can get, then they're not going to go scouring the internet for that coupon code, right? And they, they feel confident and then they buy. And so, so start with the checkout. Then of course, the cart page. Well, the product detail page is very nice, but before we even do just raw being on the product detail pages, we can look at average cart value and segment users based on that cart value. When cart value is over you know, $60, have a pop-up that mentions the products in the cart and says, oh, if you spend another $15, you might get this free shipping or you know, this coupon code or whatever it is. And it's like, let me know if you have any other questions. I'm here to help. Right. And so those are the right ways to engage. And then coming back to like generic product detail pages, you might give three top rated like questions people have as bubbles that they can have canned response answers for. You might be like, oh, you know, what's your favorite colored? What's your favorite shape or what size is your head? Or like, what shape do you th is your head? Like, you know, like it's something like that. What's your skin tone for, for health and beauty? Like there's a whole bunch of different things. Man or woman could be like a starting question, something along those lines. And then from a few responses, and this is separate from live chat, where we are seeing a big takeoff in shoppable quizzes and recommendations coming off of that. But you can do that in live chat and then have a human you know, plug in the responses or even a bot. Yeah, just getting them engaged, making sure that it's timely so that they had time to shop on the site, but that they also can choose the interaction or not based on their preference. If it's not, then you're out of their hair. I like that. I think that makes a lot of sense, especially with the segmentation part of it, because we do see that most of our clients, when they first start out with chat, they're focusing on some of the key pages that you know, two things. One, they like to boost like their higher convert, like like one of their best selling pages, for example, like where what are some of their best selling products where they, we can find an opportunity to upsell, for example, because there's a compatibility. So the idea here being that, you know, we don't just want to sell for the sake of selling, but rather, you know, if you want to buy product A, but they know that if they were to combine it with product B or C, the customer would have a much better long term experience with the brand. And outside of that as well, like what you mentioned about the checkout page, I think that's such a good one, because sometimes like, you know, what we've seen it, and it's it's kind of add, to add on to what you said, people might hit up chat just to ask for simple things that they might already see on the site because they don't have it at that page. And so you know, some stores, what they do is that they kind of isolate the, the checkout page, right? They, they cannot go because like you don't want to ruin the experience, just want to have them check out. But um, they do have questions like, oh, what's their, what's their refund policy like? You know, like they just kind of forget it and they ask simple questions like that. But when you just give that reply and then they just go ahead with that purchase, it's, it's obviously very good. There was one other thing as well. It just came to my mind. Now we're seeing, so with SMS, for example, as a channel, right? You have a bunch of tools that are automating text recovery, right? So they're using text to recover abandoned carts. Have you seen anything around personalized, human personalized text recovery over SMS? Yeah, I think it's definitely becoming a thing. And this is going to be on the, for carts with good average order value, good margin. There's a little bit of a cost of text going on, but there are a few tools doing this right now. One of them that comes to mind is a tool called TextFi, T-X-T-F-I. They have a 
have this completely bot automated conversational flow with you if you abandon your cart. And then they also have post-purchase conversations with you about things like reorders. Wow. I always think there needs to be a human ready to respond there. That will eventually become an antiquated way of thinking as bots completely take over our lives. It's absolutely something you can do. Texting people and saying, hey, I'm the CEO. Did you have any questions about our site? I hope that we can chat. And then the CEO actually responding, especially to high value customers or people that just spent like, you know, 3x the average order value or something like that. And focusing on that and giving time, you know, especially early for early stage businesses can be really powerful. And even just sending those post-purchase messages or questions is proven to increase conversion rate, not necessarily the day of, but 30 days down the line, they're more likely to buy from you again, just from receiving them. And then those that respond also have high correlation with higher uh, lifetime values. We know that SMS is viable for both post-purchase, continuing the conversation, continuing the sale, and in that abandoned cart recovery. Sometimes you could, and just like in a regular live chat conversation, you can start with the bot and then mention that if they respond, they'll be put into, you know, customer service, which then becomes essentially a live chat response system, but it's not the same as the on-site chat. It's from the phone, which most of the sales are probably from the phone too, let's be honest. (laughs) But I like what you just said there as well. That was going to be my lead up question. And, you know, we're talking about bots possibly replacing, I guess, like the (laughs) replacing human agents in the future. What what do you think like the future of live chat would look like? Do you think automation would completely take over things and that, you know, human agents are no longer necessary? Do you see a blend? Do you think human agents will have a comeback? I mean, (laughs) the, the future is filled with like, my machine learning algorithm is better than yours. And my data set is larger. That's what the future is filled with. It's it's not going to be, I can, my chat agents can outperform your AI. There's just no way. Humans have limited cost, limited focus, limited capacity to store knowledge when it comes to this. AI has and can have an infinite database in, at their fingertips, right? There's no way that this is a forever human process. There's a long-term blended approach for the next five years. Wow. In five years, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine. I'd have to bet over 95% of customer service tickets will be resolved by AI within five years. That is an interesting take. When you mentioned about customer service, like, well, not all businesses have that viewpoint now, like, thankfully, which is, that's why we talked about live chat in the first place, how customer service itself is, it's able to generate profit or, you know, for, for a business, because like, that's why we even started LTV plus, because we were figuring out a way where we could use customer service as a channel to not only increase sales, but we're also talking about how we can improve customer satisfaction over time, right? What we said is not to just like sell and sell as much as you can end up having bad reviews or like you know, not delivering on what, what what's being sold, but rather matching people with the right products that they're actually looking for versus trying to sell as much as possible. What we're doing is we're increasing value to prospective customer or customer. And by increasing value first, we're likely to get a piece back of that increased value. That's where our revenue actually comes from, by giving them a better experience, by giving them more options, the right options, and taking them through the process. We increase their value, and then we make revenue when their value is higher, when their intrinsic like utility. Yep. 
offer value, just create value for all your shoppers on your site. I love that. I think that just makes the most sense. In fact, my partner, David, likes to say that providing great customer experience is not only morally the right thing to do, but it also makes makes a ton of financial sense. When you start to implement more complex conversations or more complex chatbots, where the cost of implementation can be drastically high in the beginning and not necessarily being able to return that value. But I think, as you said, in the next three to five years, we, we're, we're seeing, I think we'll probably see two things, like you said. One, it's where bots will probably automate a lot of the grunt work and maybe some degree of complex inquiries. And I think the other part of that as well is approach where, you know, agents are now assisted by AI, right? So for example, you have an agent, and I think this is one thing that's really helpful with scaling very quickly as well. So you have people who are able to communicate, who are able to understand what needs to be done, but perhaps they are not necessarily able to learn a brand inside out on the first day. And so that's kind of where they have AI tools there. It's like, okay, cool. I'm having a conversation with Derek right now over chat. These are the things that he's asking. Here, check this out. These are some of the things that we can suggest that could be possible replies, and then you can build off your responses that way. And so you have that kind of uh, AI-assisted approach as well outside of just um, uh, the initial automation. Yeah, and every time the AI recommends something, it logs in its database what you've chosen is the right answer, which eventually, so, oh, 95% of the time we go with this, so we just go with this. And then you know it'll increase in uh, accuracy and in nuance off of the agent. And I think this brings us to a point where agents will be able to do more and faster, so an agent is scalable. But also, I would argue that the agent is going to be in charge of more technology than they were before, right? And so because of that, they need to be better trained. They need to be the like, you need one top of the line agent. You don't need five grunt workers anymore, essentially. And so it'll change the role of an agent to be an overseer of an AI technology. We need to X out this response. It is inappropriate. It doesn't fit our brand. It's not right with our message. And I caught that because I'm reviewing logs of my AI that that was, you know, automating things. Meanwhile, I'd like to incorporate this messaging or technology, or we need to add this discount code in, or this campaign that we're running needs to be included here. We need to change out images in some of our responses or update sizing guides, you know. So so the, the, the agent will be in charge of more high-level stuff where typically that might be a customer service manager, or even an internal like CX kind of, you know, director of customer experience or director of marketing or COO, often in charge of those things. The things that the COO are still oversee today will really be branched off into that, let's call it head of customer service role. And the head of customer service will also be all of the agents because they're just overseeing AI agents and manning things that way. But I do agree in the beginning we need AI assistance so that it can learn and grow. I think there will be some form of like onboarding that will mitigate this and it will become AI completely almost straight out of the gate. Like I'm saying, you need a smart person at the helm of the AI that really gets what the goals are for the brand and making sure that it's aligned with the brand. I definitely like that. I think that makes a lot of sense. Now it's just a learning process. And let's see in the next three to five years, how much of that, because it's just going to be exponential <laughs> in the way it develops over time. I still recall, like we were checking out chatbots in the past, like two, three years ago. It's so different from what you can get now. And in fact, there's like, I was just having a chat the other day with uh, conversation designers now. That's like, and that's so interesting that that's a role that has come up where you're creating chat flows and conversations. Yeah. So it's like, it's super, super impressive. I think that that led an approach and the gradual move to adopting more AI and day-to-day for e-commerce. I think that makes a lot of sense as well. So out of curiosity, with all the topics that we've talked about in customer service, especially pertaining to e-commerce, what are some books or resources you could recommend our listeners to check out if they like to learn more about 
Do you have any, like, I guess, like, you know, improving the way that their e-commerce store is running or maybe selecting their technologies or customer service in general? There's, I really don't feel like there's too many innovative books, guides and stuff in this field yet. And, you know, the truth of the matter is, I mean, we're talking about, I think everyone knows what live chat is. Like, there's no one that has to look this term up. But at the same time, the study that I did about a year and a half ago proved that 93% of top 500 e-commerce brands were doing live chat wrong, right? So there's still a massive opportunity, even if that number's decreased a little bit, it's still very much a lot of big merchants are, are still not getting this process. So when it comes to the resources, I've got a video on live chat that'll basically reiterate what we were talking about here today. So don't worry about that. I've got a few books back here. I'm trying to look. Hug Your Haters by Jay Bear is a great book on customer experience. Talks about why it's important to respond to negative comments and how to turn a relationship around with a customer. That one, I think it is really huge. I know Inter Intercom released a book called Conversational Marketing. I think I read like half of it, honestly. I didn't feel like I needed to go through this whole book. It's like, yeah, I know this thing. But um, maybe that might be a place to start. And then I would also think about any books that are related to selling in retail, because at the end of the day, retail sales is going to be the same as on-site sales when you take it very seriously. So other than that, it's there's not a ton of, of great resources for this. Whatever customer service platform you end up choosing will be the one that kind of guides you through setting up this process. And honestly, there's a bit of common sense that just needs to be applied here, like what do what's best for the customer, make sure that we're staying on brand and empowering and tracking my team to increase sales and increase performance on from a sales standpoint, right? If we're not tracking revenue generated by agent, then we don't know if some agents are outperforming others and some need more coaching and others need bigger rewards, right? So we have to be able to align the individual goals of employees with the goals of the company. I love that. And one final question that I love to ask every guest that comes on the show, and that is, is there a personal mission statement that you live by? This isn't it. But for some reason, the first thing that came to mind was the quote, there is no spoon, which is from the matrix. And just my general philosophy that, that there's no limitations in life, and that we can kind of create reality that we want to live for ourselves. I would say back to talking about value. I personally believe that the more value I provide to others, the more I'll get back with, without, I don't track it. I don't, I don't care about it. I just try and help people as much as possible, make the right connections, do the right thing. And it has proven to, to give back to me in that way. I don't know if there's any one real line or quote though that I can give that summarizes that properly. At the end of the day, when we're, when we're looking at our own goals in life, it's got to be to create as much value for others in the world. That's my mission statement, I guess. Well, it makes a lot of sense. There is no spoon and create value. I love that. <laughs> I just simply forgot yeah. about it. Like the only ones that I remember from the Matrix are like the red pill or the blue pill. I'm not sure which is yeah. the right hand, but <laughs> there is no spoon. Oh. Well, Derek, this was really awesome catching up with you. Really love all the nuggets that you dropped today. And I'm sure that there's a lot of uh, things for e-commerce businesses to check out in terms of customer service, in terms of tech. And once again, if you guys are checking, uh, wanting to check out some new technologies or you're not sure what to implement for your store, please check out ecommercetech.io because over there you're going to get a neutral feedback on the applications and what would really fit for what you need. So Derek, thank you so much for jumping on the call with me today's show. It was a real pleasure catching up with you. Thanks so much for having me. All right. And thanks a lot for tuning into the How We Solve podcast. 
Is your sales team spending too much time researching leads and accounts? We take over all the labor-intensive sales development tasks so your team can focus on building relationships and closing more deals. We don't just build lists. We take a strategic research-based approach to find your team qualified leads every day. Ready to start? Schedule your free consultation at taskdrive.com. That's T-A-S-K-D-R-I-V-E.com. Thanks for listening to the How We Solve podcast. Dominate your market and crush the competition with our step-by-step playbooks. Subscribe right now in your favorite podcast player or visit howwesolve.com.